This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. From MPB Think Radio, you're listening to Money Talks. Kevin Farrell here with Ryder Taft, Portfolio Manager at New Perspectives. Ryder is a chartered financial analyst and holds the Certificate in Investment Performance Measurement from the CFA Institute. We've got one of our more popular show topics for you today. Our guest is Sean Mercer from Social Security, and he's ready to answer your Social Security-related questions. Get your questions in early in the show, though, because the phone lines tend to fill up quickly when Sean is our guest. Ryder is here as well, looking for your personal finance questions. You can contact us by phone. The number is one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one 672 Contact us by email. The address, it's money at mpbonline.org. So good morning, Ryder. Hope you're doing well this morning. What about the financial news in the news? Good morning, Kevin. Uh, so interesting day in the markets yesterday. We had our feel <laughs> significant down day in a while. Uh, the S&P 500 was down about 1.7, I want to say, percent. Um, it was about at the lows of the day. It was down about 5% from the highs uh, about a month ago. And so that's kind of the context there. You know, the, the, the market has 5% drops. This is just kind of the first one we've had in a little while. I feel it's been uh, since November was the last time we had a fi- last November was the last time we had a five percent drop. Of course, the S and P five hundred is up thirty or so percent from there. So these sort of things do happen, uh, but that doesn't stop us from wanting to speculate on why. And the two big worries that have been in the news lately have been, of course, oh, is is inflation rising and the Federal Reserve going to tighten monetary policy? I don't see it. I, um, market indications of inflation are still very low. Bond yields are still very low. The Fed doesn't necessarily lead these charges, so the market usually is on top of these things before the Fed is. There's also concerns coming out of China. There is a large company called Evergrande, a real estate company. They offer investments to Chinese people. They have bonds that foreigners buy. They have stock, of course. They're a large real estate company. That's a big part of big part of global economy, really. There's concerns that they're not going to be able to pay back their debts. Concerns are going to be in default, bankrupt. I don't know, and this seems fairly likely. This seems fairly likely. I don't know what how those effects could spread through the rest of the market. It doesn't seem like the Chinese government would let its own citizens kind of absorb the brunt of that pain. A lot of foreign investors are dumping their bonds and stock and probably taking losses there. And and the Chinese government, I think, is okay with foreigners losing money on Chinese investments, although they know that they need, they always are happy to take foreign money. So I, I, I don't think they would do too much to endanger that. And then the last thing I'm kind of wondering about is, and we're going to get data on this later this week, is over the past year or so, small individual investors have been have been participating in the stock market more uh, more enthusiastically than in years past and so that's it's thought to be a lot of reason behind the run-up in the stock market, and so I just kind of wonder if it's, it's just shifting moods of individual investors. 
All right, very good. Our guest today is Sean Mercer from Social Security. Always a busy day uh, when Sean visits with us. And Sean, before we get too busy, I did want to uh, uh, say that I had got my Social Security statement uh, emailed to me this week. And so I printed it out because I thought it was really kind of interesting. And I could go over kind of briefly what folks would get if they look at it. It's, I think it's been redesigned. It's two pages. The, front, the first page talks about your retirement benefits, your disability benefits, your survivor benefits. It's got a real easy-to-read chart about uh, what your benefits would be at certain age, uh, your certain retirement ages. Um, one thing, though, that it said that c caught my uh, interest, uh, Sean, it says, these personalized estimates are based on your earnings to date and assume that you continue to earn the same amount per year until you start your benefits. So if I were to retire before I start earning my benefits, is that going to negatively affect what I get? Yes, and that's what a lot of people don't take into account because we're assuming that you're going to work and continue your salary from, let's say, age 55 to age 62, and that's what your benefits would be at reduced retirement, or you're going to keep working from age 55 up until your full retirement age, and that's what your benefits would be. So, But if you're going to retire, hey, I'm going to leave the workforce at 59, but I can't draw my benefits till 62, you can go in on our retirement estimator online and plug those figures in, and it'll give you a different estimate there based on your actual earnings. So that statement, we can only assume, you know, your wages would continue at the current rate. So that may or may not be correct if you're planning on leaving the workforce before those ages of, say, age 62 are your full retirement age. So it's a it's good good information there, but you do need to look at that if you're lucky enough to be able to leave the workforce prior to those uh, ages. Uh, but in my case, if I were to retire from state service and got another job somewhere in the private sector, maybe a part-time job, uh, then the benefit might be lower, but it wouldn't be as low as not having any job at all. Is that right? You're correct. You're correct. And that's where you could go into the retirement estimator and say, hey, I'm going to work part-time, and I was making $30,000 a year, but I'm going to now work part-time and make $15,000 a year up until age 62. How would that affect my benefits? And those retirement estimators are really good, and you can put in those what-if scenarios, and it'll give you the different amounts there that you would draw. Because when you go in and plug into that estimator, it's going to ask you some personal questions there and it's going to pull, pull your earnings record to come up with those estimates there. So it's a real good tool at socialsecurity.gov, bottom of the page, retirement estimator. Click on that and go in and use those figures that uh, you may have in mind and it'll give you some more concrete answers to your questions. The other thing I liked was on page two, it's got that, your history, your work history, so it's got the years that you worked and, and the amount of uh, earnings tax for Social Security. In, in fact, in 1994, I earned $24,638, so it's kind of fun to go back and, and, and say, you know, what was I working and gosh, how cheap things were back in the day. That thing, though, I guess, does it only give you kind of an itemized list for the last 30 years? years, because I know in mine it has 1981 to 1990 all kind of in one, uh, one line on the chart. Right. We need to look at that because it should show all your earnings that you've ever paid in. Uh, even if you worked part-time back in high school and actually someone held out uh, FICA taxes on you, it should be on there. So that is very important there, and that's what I tell people. You always want to look at that. You should only be missing last year that may not be posted yet. And uh, anything else that you may be missing, 
that you feel is incorrect, we need to start working on that today to see if we can help you get that corrected. Because how many of us remember what we made five years ago, much <laughs> less 10 years ago or 15 years ago? And whenever you file benefits, we go th through that earnings statement with you, and you have to certify that that is correct. We're saying it's correct, and then we're asking you to verify that it's correct. And again, how many of us remember our previous salaries through the years to look at that. So it's, it's always great to have a My Social Security account look at this once a year and make sure those earnings are up to date. And then, as you did a while ago, look and see what your estimated retirement benefits would be, disability. It's a five-minute uh, little read-through there that you can get a lot of information that it's your money. You paid into it, and let's make sure that uh, we have everything correct on our records. And, you know, from my perspective, like I said, to me, it's real clear, very easy to read, uh, quite, you know, spells out everything. Uh, so I was, uh, I was glad that I took the time to, uh, to download that from the, the email, because I think uh, also, I believe, are they not sending print copies and are emailing uh, folks the statement uh, to, uh, to these days? Is that correct? That's right. We used to mail that to everyone, and it was a huge expense. Now we mail it in incremental years. So if you're like uh, 55, you may get one. Uh, but if you have a My Social Security account, you can you could go in and print it every day if you wanted to. But on my account, I'm like you. I get an email once a year that says, "Hey, it's been 12 months and you haven't logged into your account. You might want to check your earnings." So I go in. And I do like you. I print it out where I have something tangible to look at. I file it in my paperwork. Uh, but you are correct. We do not send those out automatically unless you're at one of those pivotal years that we have, say age 55, age 60. Uh, but if you have a My Social Security account, we bypass that and then send you that email once a year if you haven't logged into your account and remind you to check it. So My Social Security, if you, again, go to socialsecurity.gov, bottom of the first page, left-hand corner, My Social Security, sign up for that, and we won't bombard you with a bunch of emails or anything. I get one email a year from My Social Security account, and it reminds me to check on my earnings. We'll be back after this. You're listening to Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. each week for Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio. We have an IT expert, a computer repair ace, and we troubleshoot your problems on the phones as well. Everyday Tech, Wednesdays at 10 on MPB Think Radio. Download the podcast now or listen on YouTube on the MPB Think Radio channel. You're listening to Money Talks. Our website, moneytalks.mpbonline.org, is one way to hear past Money Talks broadcasts. You can also download the MPB Public Media app and listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand to all the local MPB Think Radio programs. Kevin Farrell here, along with Ryder Tap, Portfolio Manager at New Perspectives, and our guest today is Sean Mercer from the Social Security Administration. The phone lines have begun to fill up, so let's start with our first phone call, and it's Slim in Moss Point. Good morning. You're on the air with us. Go ahead. Uh, yes. Can you hear me okay? Yeah, go ahead. 
Yeah, uh, my question is, uh, I am a recent retiree, uh, but I also work part-time. Uh, my employer made it so that I could uh, earn the uh, the maximum allowable uh, to the point where it doesn't uh, begin to affect my Social Security payments. Uh, my question is really more about taxes. Uh, when I got my, I just got my first uh, Social Security uh, uh, payment uh, this month, and I did not ask for any withholding. Uh, but I'm concerned about how uh, uh, whether that's something I should do uh, in light of uh, my supplemental income. I'm also going to be getting a, a small pension, uh, but that hasn't started uh, being paid yet. So I'm just kind of trying to figure out what my tax liability might be and what my, my, might be a good uh, thing for me to do in regard to my Social Security. Okay, you know, we can't really answer that question specifically, but we can help you with that after you talk with your tax professional and decide if you want some withheld. There's a W-4 form, I believe, that we get, and it has uh, federal taxes withheld out of your Social Security, and we, we get them every day, and we okay. input the figures. So you know, your first step would be to talk with your tax preparer or your accountant, and okay. One thing I would like to ask for is that something I can that W I think you said W four is that something I can do on my uh, my uh, online Social Security account? My uh, I don't think you can. I, I don't think you can actually input that. You have to send it to us for us to be able to input it. But you can mail okay. that to the to your local office, and we get them every day in the mail, and we input the figures that there's a percentage that. Uh, you and your tax preparer will come up with. Uh, there's, I think, three different options on there to have that withheld, and we input that, and it starts withholding the taxes from your uh, okay. Social Security. Okay, so I can get that form from my local Social Security office, is that correct? Sure. If you'll just call them, they can mail you one. Uh, yes, sir, we sure do. Okay, hey, thank you for your help. Really appreciate it. Yes, sir. All right, uh, Slim, thanks for your call. Go ahead, Ryder. And I just want to add to that. Much tax to withhold that that's a a lot of people have that question, and one thing that he mentioned he had just received his first check, so obviously this year is going to be a unique year for his taxes. It sounds like he's going to have some some employment income he's got a new wage rate he's got a little bit of a pension he mentioned he's got social security only three months left in the year the social security sounds like it's not going to be a huge part of his income so the choice to not have any tax withheld for these first few checks is probably fine and not going to have a big impact and when Sean said talk with your tax preparer have them give you an estimate that's super important and when he starts preparing his taxes next year, he'll be able to have a very good idea going forward what his income is going to be, especially if, if he's relying in the future on this part-time work, the pension, and the Social Security. Maybe it's going to be a little more consistent than, than year, 2020, uh, year 2021 was. And then the last thing to think about, and Sean can probably help me with the, the exact numbers here, but for a certain incomes, less of your Social Security is taxes. So it's going to matter if, if um, our caller Slim was filing as an individual or filing married, filing jointly, and then what his total income is. But there's a percentage of Social Security income which is taxed, and then there will always be a percentage which is not taxed. So 
all of those are factors, and I think Sean will be able to tell us what, where those levels of income and kind of why that happens. What we usually tell people is that up to 85% of your Social Security benefits can be subject to tax. However, that goes by what your adjusted gross income is, and we have no idea. All we know is that we are sending you this amount of Social Security, and we're going to send you a 1099 form at the end of the year because we don't know what your other forms of income may be, how you're uh, having to pay taxes on those. So, again, we refer everyone to that tax professional with your 1099, and the 1099 can be printed from your My Social Security account and uh, take that to your tax professional and look at everything else that you may have coming into your household because it does make a difference, as Ryder said, if you're filing an individual or a joint return. And we have a hard enough time keeping up with our rules and regulations here at Social Security, much less what goes on at the IRS. So we simply refer them to that with the information that we have on that 1099 based on what your Social Security is going to be. All right, uh, Sean, we had a caller who was going out of cell range, so left a message. She um, um, uh, has a mother who's a senior citizen that's no longer able to handle her own affairs, financially speaking. So the caller wanted to know from a Social Security standpoint, uh, what does she need to know to be able to help manage her mother's uh, finances? Okay, good question, and we deal with this every day, too. Unfortunately, at Social Security, we do not recognize power of attorney, and people get kind of upset and frustrated with us because they've done everything they need to do in the private sector to be able to help their relative, mom, dad, whatever the case may be, and then they get to Social Security, and we don't accept that. But we have our own hoops to jump through. It's called a representative payee, a representative payee. And similar to power of attorney out in the private sector, but it only the representative payee is only good for Social Security purposes. And we don't go stripping someone away of their capability. So the easiest thing for us to do is to mail a form to the doctor for the individual, and the doctor states whether or not Ms. Jones, in this case, is capable of handling her benefits any longer. If there's some issues there, she's not. Then we talk with those family members to see who may be the best representative payee. And then, in this case, we would deal with the daughter for all the personal issues that we have to for her mother. And it's uh, a process. takes just a little bit of time for us to do and get set up. But we have to have that form completed uh, by the doctors. Just the three simple questions. We uh, can send it to the, to the local doctor. It's not a problem. We do that every day. But the representative payee is what she is asking about. And she can contact her local office and they'll assist her with that. Very good. Uh, next on the phone, we've got our friend Larry from Atlanta, Georgia. Good morning, Larry. You're on the air with us. Hi, Larry. You need to have your radio turned down. Just use your phone. Okay. Go ahead. Hello? Yeah, go ahead. Speak through the phone. Don't uh, have your radio turned down, please. Okay, I got it. Um, my question is uh, concerning my wife's SSI and my Social Security. Um, I understand that when I die, she's entitled to 50% of my Social Security, and uh, she's only drawing a small amount of disability right now on SSI. And I just wondered what happens uh, after I die. Does that get combined, or does her SSI go away or go up? Or And, and is it uh, my Social Security automatically tr uh, transferred to her SSI card? 
Okay, good question. Um, a lot of issues going on there because you're drawing Social Security, she's drawing SSI. The SSI is needs-based, and the current uh, rate for that is like 794. Uh, that'll go up a little bit uh, next year. But if you were to pass away, we would take a survivor's claim on her. And if she was uh, over age 50 and disabled or over age 60 and not disabled, then we would look to see what she could draw off of your record based on her age. That's about 72, 73% at age 60. And that goes up each year until, um, you know, based on her age. But we would look to see how much she would draw off of your record and her, depending on how much that is, it would affect her SSI and could make her SSI go away or it could be a combination of the two, but currently not more than $794. She may get a uh, $20 disregard, so it could be uh, $814 possibly if that were to happen oh. with today's figures. Okay, I thought the rate was 50%, but you're saying it could be like 72%. It, it's, not, it's not 50%. It's all based on age. When a widow files okay. a claim, it's based on her age as to how much she will draw off of her deceased spouse. And while we're talking about that, that could be widow or widower. It's, that's gender neutral. It could be the husband or the wife. Either one could pass away. There's benefits payable, although we do see currently more widows than widowers, but it could be either one. Okay. All right. All right. Thanks Thank you for your question. Much. All right, uh, I misidentified that. It was actually Jerry on the line. Apologize there. And Larry from Atlanta, I think, has dropped off. Larry, give us a call back. Sorry about the misidentification. We'll get things straightened out, though. Next, it is, though, Bill, who's on the road. Good morning, Bill. What's your question? Hey, good morning. Uh, I currently, uh, I spent over 30 years paying into Social Security, and I made a move changing employers, and I got in the RRB system. I want to try to find out. If I was, to, and I've been there 11 years, if I ever go back, will I be sold back to Social Security? I'm not real sure what the RRB system is. Sorry. It's a railroad retirement board. I'm sorry. Okay. All right. Okay. Yes. All right. So, yes, whenever you file a claim, we're going to look at your service months. And if you've got, I believe it's over 60 months of service, then we automatically refer that to the railroad board, and they take a combination of they handle your Social Security claim, everything because of your railroad retirement there. And uh, so depending with you having 10 years, I believe you said, it would automatically go to the railroad board for them to process that, and uh, we would not have any, you know, uh, we would not be doing anything with your claim. Okay, I'm 63, and I was just wondering, I've probably got two more years, what, to 65 retirement, I guess. And, uh, right. I, if I, I was to go back to the private world, could I go back to Social Security, or, is it, or am I going to have to deal with a railroad you're retirement board? You're probably going to have to deal with the railroad retirement board. Okay. You would have to look at that specifically, but given the number of years you have, I figure that's going to be a, a railroad issue. And okay. I don't. Thank we you very much. Don't have, we don't have a lot of people complaining about the uh, benefits that are being paid there, so it's uh, not a bad situation to be in. All right, thank you for your time. 
All right, Bill, we appreciate your call. This is Money Talks on MPB Think Radio, and we've got an expert from Social Security today to answer your questions. Riders here if you have a personal finance question. We'll continue our Social Security show in just a bit. You're listening to Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. Richard Gershon from the University of Mississippi School of Law, host of In Legal Terms. If you're enjoying this podcast, I encourage you to listen to In Legal Terms, the show about you and your rights. We find interesting legal topics to bring to you and let you know how the law affects you. Find In Legal Terms on any podcasting platform on your smart device or on our website, inlegalterms.mpbonline.org. Money Talks is MPB Think Radio's personal finance broadcast. Kevin Farrell here with Ryder Taff, Portfolio Manager at New Perspectives. Our guest today is Sean Mercer from the Social Security Administration. The phone lines have filled up, so let's jump right back into things. Uh, let's start first. We'll talk to Carl in Bay Springs. Good morning, Carl. You're on the air with us. Uh, yes. I am considering beginning to draw Social Security soon. And when I got my card when I was 14 or whatever, they put the name on my card that I go by, just Carl, all right, Carl Mason, all right. Well, uh, now someone has told me that I'm going to have to have that name changed to my proper full name in order to draw Social Security benefits. Is that true? Uh, we would need to look and see what we've got in your record to see what we have. Uh, contact your local office. If you're in Bay Springs, that would probably be law. And let us look and see what's on your, what's on our record and see it may not be that you need to do anything. Uh, or it may be that we need to uh, look at your birth certificate and do a change. So contact the law office by phone and have them look that up for you and they can tell you exactly what you need to do. Okay. Thank you. Yes, sir. Thanks for your call. Sean. Go ahead, oh, Ryder. Sorry for interrupting. Uh, no, go ahead. Sean, I'm, I'm, I'm curious about that. If if people had, say, he had successfully set up a My Social Security online account, logged in, checked it, his his earnings record was accurate, at that point could he assume that everything was kind of ship-shaped there, or, or are there still further hurdles that might happen because of that discrepancy? Probably if he had his My Social Security account set up, everything's probably good in our records. Now, uh, that's why I'm curious for him to call and for them to look at that and see, because 
it may not be it may not match his birth certificate but that may be okay if it's what we have in our records and that's what he has and has been going by so uh, we see both sides of that coin uh, and sometimes it's just you know looking at the birth certificate making a small change um, but most of the time if he's they've got their social security account a my social security account set up they should be good to go all right this is money talks and next online is tiffany who has called in from memphis good morning tiffany you're on the air with us go ahead Yes, sir. I have two children who I have terminated their father's rights, and he is currently in prison for life. And if he was to pass away before they turn 18, are they entitled to any benefits? And if so, is that automatically sent to me, or do I have to keep up with that? We wouldn't. It's not automatically sent to you. We have to. You would need to file a claim if he passed away, and uh, we would need to look at the termination of rights. Exactly what was done there, um, but I believe they would be uh, payable benefits. You, but you would need to file the claim for us to be able to uh, prove everything we needed to prove for them to be able to draw benefits based on what he had worked and paid in prior to being incarcerated. Okay. All right. Thank you. Thanks for the call, Tiffany. You're listening to Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. It's a busy day, as it usually is, with our guest, Sean Mercer from Social Security. And we'll stay on the phone lines because next we'll talk with Sarah in Punatok. Good morning, Sarah. It's your turn. Go ahead. Uh, yes. Hi. Um, so I'm a full-time college student, um, and I have a question about um, accepting um, a contract labor uh, gig. Um, I'll be working hourly um, in December, and it's the only employment I'm having this year. So my question is about my responsibility for um, uh, taking out any uh, Social Security taxes or any other taxes, but I know you're specifically talking about Social Security today. All right, good question, in that you pay your Social Security taxes via your self-employment off of Schedule SE, off the tax return, or they're withheld as you work as a W-2 employee. So from your statement, I believe you're going to be working as a contractor, so they're probably going to be 1099-ing you at the end of the year. So when you file your taxes and your Schedule SE, you would owe a portion of that off any gross or, excuse me, off any net profit that you have on there, and your tax preparer would help you with that. Okay, is there a, is there a general oh. percentage that I, I should keep uh, aside um, just so I have enough um, to be able to cover that um, liability? It's 15.3% is what your FICA taxes are, which is as we work as a W-2 employee, we pay 7.65% and our employer matches that. But when you're self-employed, you owe both sides of the coin there. So 15.3% would be what you would uh, would be due for Social Security for FICA taxes. That's not state and federal tax. That's what you would owe off of there. So your tax preparer can help you with that. Perfect. Thank you very much. All right. Uh, thanks for the call. Let's stay on the phone lines. This time we're going to talk to Ellis, who's called in from Brookhaven. Good morning, Ellis. You're on the air with us. Go ahead. Uh, yes, good morning. I had a question. Uh, I, was, I went on disability back in 2008, and uh, in 2016 I decided to go back to work 
on a, a way to work program. And uh, so now I have uh, become unable to work again. Do I have to reapply for the disability due to our automatic just go back on? No, sir. You would need to reapply because of the length of time that you've been off. That's been about five years. And so you would need to contact your local office and see what we would need to do to, do to see about reinstating your benefits or taking a... Uh, uh, a new claim to look at your disability, but you're, I believe you said you were from Brookhaven. You could do everything yes. by phone with a local office there in Brookhaven, and uh, they okay. could help you with that. Okay, well, would I have to go back through all the medical reexamination and all of it, that? It could. It's, it's good. You're right there on the cusp of uh, what it would take for rein, uh, reinstatement, so possibly we're going to have to look at that and see about those dates, 2016, and then here we are in uh, 2021, almost 2022. So it's going, we're going to really need to look at those dates. So that is a possibility. Yes, sir. Okay. Thank you. All right. This is Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. We're visiting today with Sean Mercer from the Social Security Administration. We'll go ahead and take our final break of the hour and get back with more calls for Sean Mercer, our guest from Social Security on Money Talks. Stewart, Professor of Internal Medicine and Pediatrics at the University of Mississippi Medical Center. On the original Southern Remedy, we answer questions about all aspects of your health and share some of the latest medical information in the news. You can listen to the show on Wednesdays at 11 on MPB Think Radio, or you can subscribe to the podcast by searching for Southern Remedy on your preferred podcasting app. We're glad you found our show, Money Talks. This is Kevin Farrell here with Ryder Taft, Portfolio Manager at New Perspectives. With this reminder, every Tuesday at 10 a.m., immediately following Money Talks, listen live to In Legal Terms right here on MPB Think Radio. <laughs> Just a reminder, we uh, Sean often talks about how much useful information there is on the Social Security website, and it's a good place to start your searches if you need information. It's a very simple website. It's ssa.gov. Back to the phone lines we go. Next, we'll speak with Don. Diane, who's called in, I think, from Pontotoc County today. Good morning, Diane. You're on the air with us. Good morning. From Panola County. Sorry. Um, no problem. Sean, my question is, is it true that in 2022 that Social Security would give us an increase of $93? And my second part question is, will that increase begin in January? I will hang up and listen for your answer. Thank you. Thanks, Diane. Okay, you're talking about the cost of living increase, and we do not know what that's going to be. There's been a lot of speculation that it may be quite large because of the consumer price index 
uh, going up this year. We expect that to come out probably in the next 30 or 45 days, and you will see it at the same time that we see it. And, yes, it will be effective in January. We do have cost of living increases with Social Security. Some are small, some are uh, larger. Uh, good place to go to our website and look up uh, cost of living increases and look at how that's determined. A lot of misinformation about that uh, floats around. But if you visit our website in the search engine, type in cost of living increase, it will give you a good history about how that is determined. And we'll look for that, like I say, within the next 30 or 45 days coming out uh, for 2022. And it's different for everyone. So the, the uh, numerical figure that you gave there, that may be based on what you are drawing, but it could be larger or smaller because it's going to be a percentage increase, 1%, 2%, 5%, whatever the uh, increase may be. That affects everyone's check differently because everyone draws a different amount based on what he or she worked and paid in throughout their career. All right. Thank uh, you. Uh, Ryder, as we mentioned, uh, the uh, the cost of living increases are based on the consumer price index. Could you give us a quick 101 on what the consumer price index is? Yes. So the consumer price index is, we've talked about this a lot. When, generally, when we're talking about inflation, the number we're looking at is the consumer price index. There's a lot of different consumer price indexes, but it's information all gathered by the Bureau of Labor Statistics, and it looks at the price of a basket of goods that the average American might buy, the average American household needs. So there's things like food, which can be groceries, different types of groceries, uh, dining out. There's energy, which can be both gas for your car, electricity for your house, and then there's everything else. Everything else is a much bigger category. It makes almost 80% of the indexes things like apparel, vehicles, medical care. Shelter is a huge part. That is that is almost a third of the entire index. Uh, again, doctor's visits versus prescription drugs. There's, of course, transportation. Uh, besides just buying buying a car, for instance, there's costs of ma maintaining cars, motor vehicle insurance, things like that. All of those different things that you pay for in a month, all of those different things are taken into account and put into a basket, and they measure the price of it. They actually have people go into stores in, in all across America and look at what is the price of this brand of butter? What is, what is the price of a of a 20-ounce Coca-Cola today, and they measure those prices, and they make some adjustments for how the household might adjust their, their spending uh, when faced with different prices, but that is what the consumer price index is. It tries to measure the change in prices of everything you are spending money on. Very good. This is Money Talks, and today we're visiting with Sean Mercer from Social Security. Back to the phone lines we go. Starting again in Oxford, Danny has called in. Good morning, Danny. You're on the air with us. Thank you so much. I retired when I was 63 for the first time. My wife became ill, and, and I retired. And uh, She passed away, and I went back to work. I, I drew Social Security for 10 months. When I went into my local office and uh, and met with them, they, um, it, you know, and then I turned 65 or 60, 66, whatever, and started drawing my Social Security, and my, of course, my benefit was reduced. And I 
said, well, if I didn't draw for 10 months, the amount of time that I did draw, would I get back to where I was? And, and that didn't seem to work. So I started drawing the reduced uh, payment. Now, this year, uh, last month, I received a check from the IRS for over $5,000 for back uh, paid that, um, Social Security that was owed to me based on my uh, work history. And I continue to work. Should I expect this amount to go up, and will I ever reach? If I continue to work until I'm 75 years old, will I finally reach the max amount on uh, the possibility? And what is the maximum amount that can be paid? Thank you. Well, very complicated question. Uh, very complicated. So, uh, will you ever reach the maximum amount if you continue to work? That may be the maximum amount on your record or the maximum amount that you're allowed to pay in from Social Security. Like I say, very complicated question. You would need to call your local office, probably Tupelo there, and let them look at your record and look at what you're continuing to work and make and uh, answer those questions each individually because you did have a prior uh, period that you uh, were drawing and then you went back to work. And if you go to work and depending on what you make each year, yes, it can replace one of the years that we've used in your computation, but as we said at the beginning of the show, what Kevin mentioned, what uh, figure he had made several years ago, there's a, uh, a factor placed in as we go further back in time uh, to bring those wages up to date. So you can't look at it numerically and say, well, I made $24,000 in 1984, but I'm making $25,000 working part-time now, the $24,000 in 1984 sure went a lot further than the 25000 goes today. So that indexing factor that's applied as the further we go back in time kind of gets complicated. But call your local office there in Tupelo and have them pull up your record and see what you're continuing to work and make, and they should be able to answer those questions for you. All right, very good. I'll put you on hold. Got a couple of Uh, this is M uh, Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. We're visiting today with Sean Mercer from Social Security. Next on the line, it's Roz in Clinton. Good morning, Roz. Go ahead. Um, hi, thank you. I have a question about a foster child. Uh, this is M uh, Money Talks. Okay. Go ahead. Um, Great. Um, my question is, we have a foster child in our family that my daughter is adopting, and her, and her father died when she was eight, and her mom's living in a nursing home, and I would assume that she would be collecting Social Security somewhere, but we haven't seen it. And I was okay. wondering if that, what the case is with that. Right. Uh, you need to uh, contact your uh, your local office uh, by phone. Uh -huh. And when you get the adoption final, because we would need to see, to see that, and uh, let us check and uh, give us some, uh, try to get us some information, maybe some uh, Social Security numbers of the parents, and let us look and see what that child may be uh, eligible for or maybe already drawing that may be some benefits out there that have been stopped because we didn't know where the child was or something like that. So contact your local office by phone and see if they can help you out with that. All right, Roz, thanks for that call. Next, it is Earl who's on the road listening this morning. Good morning, Earl. You're on the air with us, so go ahead. 
Yep, we just lost Earl. So um, this is uh, Money Talks on MPB Think Radio, visiting today with uh, Social Security uh, Representative Sean Mercer. Uh, Sean, we did, I think, had a, a question about this, but uh, with the gig economy, part-time workers, uh, what are some things that uh, they need to know uh, when they go about doing these side hustles uh, about Social Security? Well, if you're talking about someone who may be getting paid uh, not uh, a W-2 employee, a 1099, our caller a while ago uh, mentioned that, uh, just need to make sure that they understand that, you know, when it comes time to file for uh, file their taxes on that money, if they get a 1099, um, that they would owe the full 15.3%, you know, uh, in FICA taxes there. So uh, not necessarily a bad thing. But a lot of people don't. We take for granted that our employer matches our 7.65% as a W-2 employee versus us out there being self-employed and having to pay those taxes ourselves. So just want them to uh, remind them that maybe talking with a tax professional ahead of time where they can kind of have a better understanding of uh, what monies or taxes they may owe on the monies that they're receiving. Uh, we had a caller that uh, didn't stay on the line, but uh, it's a question, I think, Sean, that we might probably have asked you every time we have you on the air, and that is there are persistent rumors that Social Security is going to run out of money, and, you know, I've worked my whole life uh, putting in money, but now I'm ready to get mine, and, and it's going to not be there anymore or whatever. So how do you respond to people who are concerned or think that Social Security is going to run out of money? When we look at our trustees report each year, and it just came out here the other day, and it talks about the shortfalls and when those would happen without any adjustments to the Social Security Act, and we haven't really had any major adjustments, I believe, since 1984, but small adjustments can push that figure out further in time. But yes, we do have a, a problem looming on the horizon out there, but it's not a all-or-nothing issue. It's a percentage of benefits that possibly uh, would not be payable somewhere around 27% short or something like that. So, again, they could look on our website and see that. We all need to be aware of that because that deadline is looming out there. But it's not like that, hey, I owe you a dollar and I'm going to pay you 73 cents. A lot of people think it's, hey, Social Security owes me a dollar, but they're not going to be able to pay anything. If we don't make any changes, we are going to suffer a shortfall uh, looming out there on the horizon, and small changes in our, our program make huge impacts there. So that trustees report does come out each year. I think it came out a couple of weeks ago, and it is uh, interesting reading there to look at, hey, we are going to need to make some changes. Uh, you know, we increased the retirement age. Uh, years ago, and uh, for currently for all of us, the maximum is uh, age 67, but we can all still retire at 62. They didn't touch the bottom number. So uh, there have been changes throughout the years. If you look back over uh, our history as an agency that have changed the Social Security Act, but again, no real major changes since 1984, so we're long overdue. And I think uh, you've told us on when you've been on, here on a, a previous visit that Congress has in historically done something before uh, the, the trouble uh, occurs. And so is that kind of what it would be, would that, uh, a change in the rules and regulations at Social Security? Yes, yes. Congress has changed. You know, we've had changes uh, throughout the years as we've changed as a nation, changed as an economy, but nothing since 1984. But yes, uh, and... Uh, those trustees' report tries to bring that to the forefront each year, 
for the uh, public to uh, look out there and see. Our program is not perfect, and uh, it does need some uh, changes in it, and uh, hopefully they'll do that and push us solvent through all of our lifetimes. And also, I would say, uh, if you're someone who's concerned about uh, possible loss of benefits in the future, this would be a time to contact your, your representative or your senator and let them know how important you think Social Security benefits are. It's a chance for us to be uh, involved in our, our government, is to, is to let your elected leaders know uh, what you think about that, and, and uh, we'll see uh, what happens in the coming years. So, you know, another thing on the important things to know about your benefits on the Social Security statement, the first point is a reminder that Social Security should not be your only source of retirement income. Ryder, does that surprise some of the people that you work with? And then what? how do you recommend when you're uh, helping out folks to think about Social Security as part of their retirement uh, package? I, d I don't know if it's necessarily a surprise, Kevin, but it is definitely something people need to take into account. I, I think some people may rely on it a little more than they should, especially when you get into higher incomes. The onus is more on you to be doing your savings. Of course, Social Security has a earnings limit, which is affected by the Social Security tax, by the FICA tax, and kind of therefore there's kind of a maximum amount there's going to be. And so if you're earning more than that Social Security limit, uh, then you are going to be more responsible for, for, for replacing that portion of your income when you retire. So that's just something that with with planning you can you can avoid that what might be a surprise there certainly are people who under plan and depend a little bit too much on it but for some folks, on the other hand, it's just a nice little benefit on top of everything else they've done. All right. That's going to wrap us up for today. Money Talks is a production of MPB Think Radio, funded in part by generous financial support from you. To hear today's show or previous show, you can visit moneytalks.mpbonline.org or listen to the podcast by searching for Money Talks on your favorite podcasting app. Our show is produced by Liz Gill. Java Chapman was our engineer this morning, and Jay White was our call screener. So for Ryder Taff and Sean Mercer from Social Security, I'm Kevin Farrell. Join us every Tuesday at 9 for Money Talks, only on MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast.